Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello and welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair. I've got an interview for you today with a guy who I really admire. I think he's doing it right when it comes to formulating his uh, products uh, that he sells. He is someone who truly has a... um, a great level of knowledge uh, about what he's talking about. So he's, he's definitely what I would consider to be expert uh, in terms of the content that you're about to hear. But what I love about him is there's no, uh, there's no pretentiousness about it at all. Uh, really down to earth guy. And uh, he's been on the show before. I got great uh, feedback from when he was on before. His name's Rob Seaman. Uh, and he's going to talk to us about maca today. Now, I've already done the interview, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about what you're going to learn, and I think you're going to love it. It's a superfood from Peru. If you've heard of maca um, and don't know much, you're going to learn a lot more. If you've uh, not heard of maca, even better. Uh, but uh, this is a topic I've wanted to bring to you for a long time. i finally gotten around to it and, frankly, was kind of waiting to find someone who I felt uh, you know, had a good depth of knowledge on it. It's a superfood tonic that's used uh, extensively in Peru and uh, by just about everybody that lives there. And it is, it's something that is known as an herb. Um, often, in fact, I learned on this episode that it's really, it's really a food. And of course, herbs and foods are a little, you know, they're close cousins, right? We use herbs in food all the time, and some herbs are considered foods and vice versa. But this is actually a member of the cruciferous vegetable family. That kind of blew my mind. And yet it's also an adaptogen, adaptogenic herb uh, or adaptogenic food, if you want to call it that. It has a wide range of benefits, mostly contributing to hormone balance in both men and women. You'll learn how, to, uh, how it could help you with everything from PMS to menopausal symptoms, how it can help with things like libido and sexual performance, and uh, enhanced energy and mood balance. You'll also learn the difference between the different colors of maca. There's yellow, black, and red. The benefits and the uses of powdered maca versus why you may want to do a capsule. Uh, Both can be very effective, but we'll talk about the two different forms. And I found this interview just really fascinating, really useful, and I think you will as well. We also uh, do talk a little bit about folic acid, uh, a little update on some stuff there, and also something that's been pretty hot out there lately called Irish sea moss and what the hype is about that. So that's what's up for you next. Uh, My interview with Rob Seaman from the Food Movement. I think you're really going to enjoy it. All right, now I would like to bring on my guest. Uh, He's been on once before, and uh, people really seem to enjoy the show. So I've got him on again, but we're going to talk about a different topic today. I'd like to introduce to you Rob Seaman. He's the founder and formulator of the food movement. Uh, Last time he was on, we talked a lot about humic acid, fulvic acid, and zeolite. This time we're going to focus on a couple of other things, as I mentioned in the introduction. Rob, welcome back to Vitality Radio. Jared, thanks so much for having me back on. 
Hey, really happy to have you. And I'm excited about this topic because while I have briefly mentioned maca a couple of times on Vitality Radio, uh, I've never really done a deep dive into it and gotten into the weeds on uh, you know the history and historical use, where it comes from, what it does, why people use it, and and with you. Uh, something that, frankly, I didn't even uh, really know much about, that there are a few different varieties of maca uh, out there that we need to talk about. So really excited to have this conversation. Yeah, thanks. Me too. Um, you know, when the food movement started, it was really as a, a superfood company in the back room of a health food store. And the superfood movement was sort of exploding at that time. And raw foods, you remember how big raw foods got for a moment, you know, there was mm -hmm. a huge push around that. And within that, uh, there were some things that had real staying power, you know, uh, no pun intended, for sure. you know, but, uh, there, there were, um, some really valuable superfoods and those are the ones that the food movement continues to make. And that's not to say there's anything bad or wrong with chia seeds or goji berries. At some point though, the market got really saturated with those kind of things. And it, it really just grew so much that it wasn't um, a good fit. But maca continues to be something that's kind of a best kept secret in natural foods, I feel like. I think there's actually a lot to that. It's like the people that know, know and love it, but uh, it's not something that I commonly get asked for at Vitality Nutrition. And I think one of the reasons that you and I get along so well is because all of my formulas were also born in the back of a health food store. Uh, so we've got, you know, some similar background and, and uh, actually very similar uh, hairstyle as well. So <laughs> we're twins today. I think we, we've got the same yeah, we're stylist both. maybe. We got plaid. We got the same beard, the same uh, the same bald head and glasses. I mean, my gosh, they're going to be my body double or something. <laughs> All right, so let's get this thing going. Uh, first thing, when I very first heard of of maca, and I I joke about this all the time and say, you know, I'm old enough to remember when this came out. Well with Vitality being around for almost all of my life, uh, I am old enough to remember when a lot of stuff came onto the market, and maca is one of those things, but it was always pitched as Peruvian maca. That's what I always heard it called. So I'm actually curious. I know it has a huge tradition in Peru, but is that where all of your maca is sourced, or is or all the maca is grown? Yeah, it is uh, native to Peru, uh, you know, much as, say, like, Cava Cava is native to Vanuatu, right? Uh -huh. Peru is believed to be the ancestral home of maca root. Okay. Uh, it is grown in other places throughout the region, but they've tried growing it in other places. Like uh, I saw one study, they were trying to grow it in Eastern Europe. You know, this could be a cash crop there because uh, in Peru, maca root, believe it or not, is such a big part of their uh, natural, you know, uh, GDP that they um, regulate how maca can be sold. And uh, that led to some interesting uh, price fluctuations. God, it's been about 10 years, but when we around the time we first got into selling maca. Gotcha. So then for people listening, there are many countries around the world and, and regions around the world where there are what are known as tonic herbs that are traditionally used by you know, a huge chunk of the population. Uh, and uh, so like maca is to Peru what green tea is to Japan or matcha uh, is to, to Japan or, you know, ginseng is to Korea, you know, that type of thing. And it's an, and, and I'm always fascinated with these types of uh, herbs because 
if it's good enough for the entire population of a country, then there must be something to it, right? So whenever I hear about a thing that's used extensively somewhere else, but we don't know much about here in America, I'm always very curious about it. So talk to us a little bit about the history of maca over there and, and what is, how it's traditionally used. Well, if you look at how we've used it in this country, you know, in, in the, the supplement world versus how it's traditionally used in uh, Peru and, and other places, it's, it's actually very interesting because you know, it is a, a staple of the diet there traditionally. And so what they're doing is they're harvesting it, they're boiling it and making this porridge, and then everyone eats that um, in sort of Western-oriented research, but, you know, also in, in Peru as well, looking into the active constituents and, and how it works, it appears that maca root, all types of maca root to some extent, are really adaptogenic. And specifically with hormones, they help to balance uh, hormones in the body. So this is why you see research on things as diverse as prostate health, uh, menopause, you know, and then even athletes, you know, athletes who know, you know, that are probably uh, trying to get more testosterone, you know, going on. But really, if you can do that in a balanced way with a food, you know, this is a member of the Brassica family. This is a vegetable. This is a vegetable that balances hormones and does a lot of other neat stuff. But I, I think the safety profile is so good. You know, it's, it's like um, before you go to something else to try to get that hormonal balance, you know, and optimum uh, energy levels and, and that kind of stuff, you know, it's just really safe. If it's safe enough for men, women, and children to eat traditionally in Peru, and the entire village is eating it, then I think it's a great place to start in your uh, in your supplementation. Well, and you know, you you made a really great distinction there that I, I never really think of, and I and my knowledge of naka naka maca I don't know why I said naka is uh, I'm I'm excited for this show partly because you know we're going to be educating my listeners, but also I know I'm going to learn a lot, and I've never really thought of it as a vegetable up until now, uh, as opposed to an herb, and and that brings an interesting uh, point in that uh, vegetables, as a general rule, to get the nutritional benefits, you need a little higher dose than an herb where you might be able to get away with milligrams. Maybe you need grams over on the food side. And of course, at the food, food movement, you guys are a super food company more so than an herb company, right? So it makes sense that you would choose maca to be one of your, your mainstay products. So they, they mix it up like a porridge over there and eat it as as more of a food than as a supplement they're not grinding it up and putting it in capsules like we do over here and it's interesting at your company you've got several forms of maca most of which are powder but now i know you have a capsule as well so talk to us about like dosages and and why somebody might want a powder when it comes to maca versus a capsule in terms of the effective dose yeah so maca root has a very distinct taste, I will say. I, I've heard it um, described as peppery. Some people say has a little bit of a butterscotch um, uh, taste to it, kind of a subtle flavor there. It's also a little bit bitter. Um, and to the American palate, you know, um, I think you're really going to have to work it into something that um, maybe disguises that flavor or pairs well with it. You know, things like um, chocolate 
and a maca together have made some really great tasting uh, foods, you know. So, but um, when when it came time to make a capsule, so we offer uh, black maca, yellow maca, and red maca, which are the three different varieties, right? They call them them ecotypes. You know, it, it's it's really just the same species. It is that Lupidium peruvianum is what they call the the um, or or um, can be uh, Lupidium mayani as the uh, the the larger uh, grouping of that. But the Peruvianum is native to Peru specifically. But you know all of our powders in that black, red, and yellow, and then together in the one maca, which is a blend of all three, it's traditionally sun dried, just the way they've done it for you know hundreds, if not thousands, of years in Peru. They harvest the root vegetable um, and then they sun dry them in these clay ovens. And in one study I looked at, they get up to like 600 degrees. So they're, they're clay ovens, but they get very hot and that's how they dry them. So it is traditionally sort of like cooking them. So at the time we originally came out with maca, you know, raw foods was the, the craze, really huge in popularity. I still think it's, there's a lot of value to eating raw foods, but some foods need to be cooked, you know, and maca is one of those where that heat curing, that sun drying is really, um, it's a high temperature. So that speaks to kind of how they're processed, but that's, that's what all of our powders are. They're that traditional sun dried. When it came time to make a capsule, I thought exactly of what you just said as a vegetable, or as just, you know, a superfood with maca, I tell people, you know, start with a teaspoon, see how your body reacts to it. But I, I take a tablespoon at a time, you know, put it in whatever I'm making, or you can even just put it in some, some water and just drink it if you want. But um, the capsule dose is, you know, one to three capsules of a 500 milligram capsule. So that was an opportunity for us to use a different form. And we went with what's called the gelatinized. Now, we never have sold that in a powder because I feel like, you know, being the food movement, when you give people food, you really want to give it to them in the traditional form. You want to give it to them as food. Whatever they do with it at that point is, is up to them. When it comes to a capsule, I think it's a little bit of a different customer. You know, they're saying, I don't want to taste this. I don't want to experience the food, you know, aspect of it. I just want to get the benefits in a capsule. And we felt like the gelatinized powder was maybe a better fit for getting more of the actives into a smaller dose. So the black maca capsules are brand new. And, you know, I think it fits probably more of a male customer. I'm generalizing, but, and perhaps more of a fitness customer or, um, males looking for vitality, you know, for, for certain kinds of, um, you know, health and vigor, shall we say. Okay. So let's get into that a little bit because this is, it's an adaptogen, as you mentioned. And for those not familiar with that term, essentially adaptogens have a wide range of potential benefits, uh, depending to a large degree on kind of what's going on in the human body at that time. So, uh, you know, adaptogenic herbs uh, that you may have heard of, uh, if you're not aware of maca, would be things like ashwagandha, for instance, is maybe the most commonly known adaptogen out there. It used to be ginseng, and, right? 
Yeah, and 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 that's an interesting thing too because I I've been talking up ginseng lately. I feel like it's fallen off, and it shouldn't be. It's an amazing uh, herb that uh, people need to be a little bit more aware of. Amazing root with you know fantastic benefits, and and actually speaking of which, ginseng with maca I think is a fantastic one-two punch as well. Yeah. But when we talk about maca, you mentioned three colors: uh, yellow, black, and red. So first, let's talk about the three colors. Why someone might choose you know one over the other. And then why someone might choose to do all three colors. Yeah. So just to kind of um, differentiate, you know, people, when the people see their different varieties, they naturally ask which one is right for me, you know? Um, and I, I think I told you, I walked into a health food store once and they, they had a sign by the maca. They were obviously getting a lot of questions and it said, red maca is for women, black maca is for men, yellow maca is for everybody. And, you know, sort of princey, please don't ask us anymore. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's what we know. <laughs> here's our, and I just thought that is that, wow, we've really done people a disservice. <laughs> and it was at some point after that, that we came out with one maca, which is a blend of red, black, and yellow. And when they eat this, you know, in Peru and men, women, and children are eating this as a vegetable, they go out and they harvest it all together. As I understand it, they do not separate let's get the black and give those to the men and get the red. And it's just a tonic food. It, it, they just eat it all together. So I think a lot has been made out of some research that's been done. For example, um, you know, red maca has been researched for uh, hormonal balance in menopause, but also in prostate health. So that right there kind of dispels the not good for men, you know, part of it. And I think foods Foods are dynamic. They don't tend to fit in small pigeonholes. We don't say broccoli is for a man and cauliflower is for a woman. And I mean, it just doesn't tend to work that way. I think really any kind of maca that you take is going to be beneficial in terms of hormonal balance. Um, and that impacts every system in the body. Hormones are, you know, these messengers throughout every system. It's not just bodybuilders, you know. Uh, who need more, um, you know, uh, testosterone or hormonal balance or whatever. I think when you give your body the building blocks, things like steroidal saponins that can let your body figure out what hormones you need rather than giving, you know, like um, I was just talking to someone, a uh, different interview yesterday about the progesterone cream boom of the nineties, uh, you know, and everyone was, every woman was buying this progesterone cream and rubbing on their arms. But, you know, I think now we've maybe come full circle where, where people are talking about hormonal balance coming from inside of you, you know, rather than taking some kind of uh, replacement therapy. If you can do it with food, if you can do it with natural substances, I think you're more likely to get a balanced reaction. And maca to me is a balancing food it's just, uh, it's probably one of my favorite superfoods in that I think people are exhausted. You know, they've been making, they were running on fight or flight forever and their body's making too much cortisol and, you know, you know how exhaustion looks. I mean, it's just really destroys the body. Maca is one of that trace minerals, you know, a multivitamin, all these important things. But I think maca is really can be a starting point for people to um, regain balance. And it could be any kind. 
black maca is the most popular on its own and i think that i know that's because of some research in particular um for achieving hormonal balance in older men so that study gets a lot of play and they're you know guys you know our age coming in going okay where's the black maca and you know not surprising Lee, that's the one that we came out with in capsule. So, you know, that's the, the, the kind of customer that's not interested in the whole food dynamic benefits per se. They're looking for a specific kind of hormonal balance, but I think, you know, maca delivers both. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I'm curious what you're, what are you thinking then? Cause you did, I don't want to gloss over this too much. You're giving the whole food powder in your, in your powder forms, you're doing what's called gelatinized in your capsule form, the gelatinization is a way of concentrating it and, and reducing the carbohydrate content, uh, as I understand it. Um, how many capsules is equal to, say, a teaspoon or however you're uh, recommending on your formulas? Yeah, I there isn't exactly a one-for-one one equation. We just know that it's more concentrated. So our uh, recommendation, I believe, is one to three capsules. I tell almost everybody that's taken a new supplement, you know, to start off with the lowest possible dosage just because, and then I don't follow that advice myself at all. You know, I do the opposite, you know, <laughs> but that's me. I can do what I want with my right. body. You know, I, I, when I'm tasked with the responsibility for somebody else's health, I, I like for them to play it safe, you know, and, and sure. think taking one capsule, See how you feel, you know, and you can work up to three. It's a food. It would be safe to take more even in the gelatinized form because, as you say, all you've really done is remove most of the carbohydrate. So it's still really, again, this is a vegetable in the broccoli family. It's in the, you know, brassica, cruciferous vegetable, same family as broccoli, bok choy, cabbage, uh, you know. It's about as safe as it gets. Although, you know, the primary um, reaction or, or downside I've seen is from people who are on some kind of hormone replacement therapy. So I think that's an interesting um, side note. I don't, you know, that may be the case where the drug is actually um, generating side effects, you know, in response to the, the food. But that's um, just a brilliant side note there, I guess. Right. Well, it's interesting because this is another thing that you taught me. I did not know until we started talking off air right before we we hit record that it's part of that same cruciferous vegetable family. I had not heard that before. And that, to me, like was a big, you know, light bulb popping off in my brain because we know that uh, the xenoestrogens that are impacting us, the, the chemicals uh, that are coming in and disrupting the endocrine system, uh, that one of the great ways to help detoxify the body is to use cruciferous vegetables. There's plenty of studies talking about, you know, DIM and indole-3-carbinol and things like that for the detoxification uh, of these types of chemicals. So maybe that's one of the reasons why maca is such an effective uh, hormone-balancing food. Uh, but I had never associated those two things. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, one of the constituents, there are many constituents in, in brass, I mean, excuse me, in maca, but um, glucosinolates are a kind of um, detoxifying compound that um, support the liver. They support, you know, metabolism of 
many things, including uh, hormone metabolites in the body. So, you know, you look at um, broccoli and the, you know, the, the dim, the, you know, the uh, indole-3-carbinol, mm-hmm. uh, same sort of uh, sulfur-based um, detoxifying compounds. So, yeah, that's, yeah, some similar activity, not, not too surprising either. Yeah. And, and it makes a lot of sense. Like I say, kind of a light bulb moment for me, uh, putting that, that together. So one of the reasons I love doing the show, I always learn something. So then if you're uh, recommending to someone who says, Hey, Rob, I want to try maca. What do I do? How do you help them determine which one? That's a great point. You know, great question. You know, I actually did a blog post at one point that was, uh, which, which maca is right for me? There's a rainbow of colors here. Which one do I choose? Cause it was just a really common question. And I guess it's a logical question, right? You have red, black, and yellow. Which one do I take? Well, because of that traditional use, we came out with this blend of all three called one maca. We put it in a special jar and I tell people, if you're not looking for one specifically, you know, there are people who come in, well, I got this menopause study, you know, my doctor says, get get the red maca. We have that. We have that by itself because there is specific demand. Anytime you take one thing and research it, somebody's going to come in looking for it and they're going to want exactly what was in that research. They don't want red. Mm -hmm. They don't want, I mean, they don't want black. They don't want yellow. They want the red that was used in that study. Uh, and that's valid, you know, especially if they don't really know, um, for people who aren't sure, or they don't have those specific kind of goals, I think, you know, looking at tradition and the fact that in Peru where it's native, um, they eat them all together. Everybody eats them all together. Bearing that in mind, why not try it that way? But you know what? I mean, black maca is definitely the most popular. I think there's probably... Uh, the most research. In fact, there was one Chinese study that found that it was more antioxidant, uh, had more of these detoxifying compounds than the other uh, ecotypes, more than red or more than yellow. But that's one study. You know, there are other yeah. studies that found that they had fairly similar levels of the compounds they looked at. You know, those studies may be looking at slightly different things, but I think just the context of it being a whole food. You know, I would say if you're looking for, you know, um, specifically physical health, you know, from a fitness perspective, from, um, you know, male hormonal balance or something, black maca is probably a good one to start with. Seems to be very popular. Um, The people that buy it tend to buy it again. We have long-term repeat customers. But if you don't Mm -hmm. have those specific kind of needs, um, you know, I think the blend of all three is is a great way to, to try it. All right. Interesting. Okay. And so a couple more things uh, that I want to kind of dive into before we uh, shift uh, subjects here. So on, you know, maca is an interesting one because not all of these, um, how do I say this? Years ago, most of these traditional foods or herbs that were used, you know, widely uh, in a uh, specific population or specific country um, had much research. All we had was some level of anecdotal evidence and a knowledge that these foods or herbs were revered by the uh, uh, people native to the country where they're used, right? But now a lot of these things have gained a lot of um, 
interest from the scientific community trying to figure out, okay, why are they using so much maca in Peru? Why is ginseng so popular in Korea and so on and so forth, right? So I was looking at Healthline uh, before we signed on to, to have this conversation just to see what they say. Healthline's an interesting website for those of you that are unaware. They do a phenomenally good job um, of uh, their SEO. If you type in maca benefits, for instance, Healthline is usually going to be the first thing that pops up. And I say the same thing about vitamin D and all kinds of other things. So I like to use it because it's, I would say it's very measured. They're not, you know, particularly pro-natural things, but they do share with you the studies that have been shown uh, to be, you know, useful and, and helpful for that particular thing without necessarily trying to, you know, sell you anything. So I, I use it a lot for uh, reference when I'm not looking to, uh, for something that is, maybe biased in favor of. I want to look for things that are coming from the other side of the aisle, a little bit more of the medical side that can still shed light on, you know, what the actual research is on these things. So anyway, I was looking at it and they say their article says four benefits of maca. And the first benefit they mention is that it may help with libido, sexual function, and fertility. Um, they say it is still unclear whether maca has any real benefit for tr treating low libido. They always are very um, quick to say that they need to more study. More studies are needed. It's still unclear. You'll pretty much hear that in every single article that they yeah. write. And who's going to um, fund that study on on a <laughs> vegetable that no one can own a patent on in the system? Exactly. Have, you know, there's no pure research. So. Yeah. So we do have some research. It'll never be enough for them to say, hey, you know, this really does work. But the research is interesting. So they say that uh, the available studies um, have these results. Um, although not all studies have been conducted on human subjects, it says some studies have found it may benefit males with low libido or low sexual desire. Another 2019 study also found that combining maca with Chinese chive um, improved erectile dysfunction in male mice. That's an interesting one. A 2020 study also found that taking two grams of maca, which is roughly a teaspoon, uh, per day for 12 weeks significantly improved uh, semen concentration compared with placebo treatment. Uh, and so some really interesting things on the male side of things yep. uh, when it comes to libido, sexual function, and fertility. Um, any Anything you'd like to add to that before I jump into what they're saying about women? Well, and yeah, and it's funny because, you know, I was, I, I was raised, you know, not to talk about you know, boosting sexual performance in public. And so I tend to, <laughs> I tend to not shout it out, but people usually say right. it for me. I did at one point um, when people say, well, what are these good for? I said, you know, which one is which is, well, in one study, black maca was found to be the most spermatogenic. And I had a lady just turn bright red. And so I stopped saying that, but it's true that, um, yeah, I mean, and, you know, and you can even make it, you know, if a couple's trying to conceive, you know, um, they want something to boost their reproductive health, you know, right. um, something, something nice like that. But yeah, I mean, if you're doing this balancing of hormones, you're going to get all kinds of side benefits and, you know, even, uh, those poor, uh, erectile dysfunctional mice, you know, are, are getting benefits. So I, th I think it's really, um, it is compelling research. Yeah, for sure. And it's an, and it's important research. I think in today's day and age in America right now, men uh, are experiencing 
record low testosterone pretty much across the board, record low sperm counts across the board, um, record high levels of um, uh, sexual dysfunction. All of this is really, and I, I believe that a lot of this has to do with those chemical toxins that we've talked about and the, the uh, you know, kind of dumbing down of the body's ability to produce uh, testosterone and other things that are required for, for function in those areas. And so maybe it's, it's funny that an ancient food that's been used for thousands of years in another culture may be an incredibly powerful and useful tool right now in 2024 in America. On the, on the women's side, and I, I think this is kind of interesting too, because you mentioned menopause before. Um, they have shown that there are uh, you know studies specific to uh, helping uh, with menopause, specifically saying that it may benefit people who are going through menopause by helping alleviate uh, certain symptoms, including hot flashes, night sweats, and interrupted sleep. And the only reason I say that's kind of interesting is because there are quite a variety of things that work really well for that. There, there are, uh, you know, herbs that are being used for that. But one of the first things I always recommend uh, when women are dealing with that, rather than specifically worrying about a symptom, is, well, what might be an underlying cause? And oftentimes the underlying cause is too much of this toxicity in the endocrine system. So I talk to them about cleaning up their diets, cleaning up their they're cleaning, you know, the things they clean their home with, yeah. uh, cl you know, what they're storing their food in, getting away from plastic and moving to stainless steel and glass and things like that. Yeah. And then detoxifying the system. And once again, we come back to maca and how it may be as a member of those, as the brassica family, the cruciferous vegetables may be, you know, really assisting with just that. And then, of course, Rob, you're never going to have a place like Vitality Nutrition and not have multiple people a day complaining about how tired they are. You mentioned it earlier. People are stressed out. They're exhausted. You know, all these things. that And, and that seems to be also kind of at a record high, especially after the last few years of craziness that we dealt with, you know, worldwide. And they, uh, the Healthline article says limited evidence suggests that Mac, that maca may help improve energy levels and enhance mood in some populations. In 2021, it found they found it helped regulate exercise-induced fatigue in mice. Another 2022 study on mice uh, found a similar conclusion. A separate 2022 study also showed that maca extract might be able to reduce fatigue in young adult women. Meanwhile, a 2016 study of 175 people living at either low or high altitudes demonstrated that taking three grams of red or black maca per day for 12 weeks improved mood and energy scores compared with placebo. So pretty wide ranging benefits, which I think could be very easily uh, attributed to the fact that it is hormone balancing and detoxifying. And of course, as a food, uh, a, a very high level of nutrition uh, in maca as well. Lots of minerals and things like that. Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of thing, you know, I'm sure you say all the time in, in Vitality, you know, is there there is no magic bullet. There is no miracle cure. You know, there is no one thing on my shelves, you know, that will that will take care of all that ails you. But you take something, you know, I, I hate to use terms like panacea, you know, or, or uh, but adaptogens tend to have a really wide range of benefit. And when you're using mm -hmm. something that is as safe as eating cabbage, you know, it, it's a, it's a food, you know, so it's, it's just such a safe place to start. And if you're at the same time, you know, introducing, you know, superfood like maca 
with such a wide range of benefit. And like you said, you're cleaning up your diet, you're cleaning up your lifestyle, your exposure to certain potentially um, harmful chemicals, you know, and you're doing all these things together. It's a more holistic approach. And I think people can see some really amazing benefits when they re-examine what they're eating, how they're living and add in superfoods. That's like the magic recipe right there. You know, you're taking the stress off of the body with the toxins and then you're supporting the healing and the balancing and you're giving the body more energy, which it desperately needs to heal. Indeed. Yeah. And a couple other just really quick things I want to get in uh, before we before we change subjects here, make sure people get a good picture on the on the maca. Um, one is that, you know, on your pure powders, whether it be the one maca that has the three combined or the individual colors um, of the maca, the black and the red and so on. Uh, your package says one tablespoon uh, and servings per container 16. But most of the research that I've seen, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I know you've looked at more research on this. It seems like most of the research I've seen on maca is at around two or three grams. Is that mostly what you've seen as well? Yeah. Um, you know, I think the tablespoon, to be honest, is kind of an inexact measure. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe we could have said, to be honest, a teaspoon to a tablespoon, because I think I was just telling you, um, well, you know, I always tell people start off at the smallest dosage, you know, and so, mm -hmm. um, but it it's safe. And I think, um, you know, a tablespoon is just kind of a round uh, serving, you know, um, mm -hmm. and it and it's certainly safe to take that. But could you see benefits at a smaller dosage for sure. I mean, the biggest problem, you know, in comparing apples to apples is you got these animal studies in the mix and, you know, who knows yeah. what dose that mice got compared to, you know, milligrams per kilogram or something in the body. Right, so it, right. there's no, you know, it's safe to experiment with. Um, I feel like, I think a tablespoon, you know, we felt like was a dosage where, you know, people would add this to something, add this to their smoothie and they're going to feel it. They're going to be like, wow, that, that was an uplifting experience. Um, so it is not in all fairness, a very scientific dosage. And I, and I'm always tell people start small and, and find what's you know right for you. Well, and you're working with food too. So exact dosages, unless you're trying to make a recipe, you know, aren't as big of a deal. Yeah. Um, but you know, just to, to, so people know, um, in that tablespoon, you're getting four grams of fiber. You're getting a couple of grams of protein as well. There's no fat in, uh, in the product. And I would anticipate that, you know, there's 14 grams of, uh, maca in a tablespoon. So uh, a teaspoon is going to be, you know, four or five grams. So I actually misspoke, but a half a teaspoon they were using in the one study right. had the yeah. two grams. Pretty small. Um, so you could start with a half a teaspoon and see what that does and move up to a teaspoon and, and play around with it with the, the, um, understanding that it's very safe to experiment and let your body be the judge of, of what's an effective dose. Or if you're disinterested in uh, tasting the stuff, like we talked about now, there's a great black maca, uh, which um, is in capsule form that is a little more concentrated. Um, Rob, tell me, is it four capsules would be equal to that two grams? Is it 500 milligrams per capsule? So it's 500 milligrams per capsule. Um, it's okay. not a, exactly a one-to-one -one equation. You know, I, I think some of these right. studies might even be um, useful to look at 
and that's another point, you know, I guess about dosage or serving size, I should say, if we're just dealing with it as a food, you know, some of these studies have been done on more concentrated extracts um, mm-hmm. and, and different forms. So um, that two or three grams might be equivalent to a larger serving of whole food. I guess you just kind of have to dig deep to, um, to get specifics, but we say one to three capsules and it's certainly safe to take more, even though it's gelatinized, still a whole food. Yeah. And so, yeah, and and that's what I was going to say. So people could start with one or two capsules, see where they are and, and, and move up from there. So, so there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. Um, I think maca, if you are concerned about, you know, general, uh, you know, reproductive health, we'll say in all the different areas, uh, sexual health, uh, you know, uh, menopausal things, PMS things, uh, and so on. Maca is truly a superfood that seems by design to address those types of issues and something that I think uh, definitely should be considered. I've got a little bit more time with you, Rob, and I want to jump away from this topic now. I think we've covered it pretty well, unless there's anything else you want to add before we move on. No, it's a great topic. You know, we we don't talk enough about maca, so happy to um, take the time to focus. I appreciate it. You bet. Okay, so another thing that's getting a ton of publicity right now, I, th- I think uh, TikTok is where this uh, kind of went nuts, and I don't do anything on TikTok, so I'm just what I'm hearing through the grapevine. Right. But Irish sea moss. Uh, talk to us about Irish sea moss. So Irish sea moss is another superfood. It's a really great seaweed. You know, seaweed, going back to the macrobiotic days, is something I discovered as um, a wonderful source of trace minerals. And so sea moss is like all seaweeds, rich in a broad array of trace minerals. Um, only 76, there, there are not 80 or 90, just always like to point that out. Um, don't wanna create more minerals than actually exist, but uh, it's also a great source <laughs> of iodine in particular. So that broad range of trace minerals, but also iodine, which as we know, I mean, we know we're deficient in iodine when you have to add it to Morton salt, you know? Right. Um, I think sea salt or pink salt is a much better um, way to get minerals and sodium flavoring, you know, but, Mm -hmm. um, but sea moss as a, a supplement is a great broad spectrum of minerals. And it also has things in it like, uh, carrageenan, which has, um, gotten kind of a bad rap, but um, you have to remember in, in sea moss, at least in the food movement sea moss, it's in a whole food, you know, so you're taking either right. the powder or the capsule of this sea moss that is not been altered or had the carrageenan isolated. So carrageenan is also used as a thickening agent. So people get mad right. when they put it in oat milk or whatever. Oh, you shouldn't do that. You know, some people react to that, but it is actually a very anti-carcinogenic compound that occurs naturally in the sea moss. So carrageenan, you know, just look it up on PubMed. It's got some great studies, you know, for um, potentially life-saving, uh, you know, benefits. So uh, it's also a, it has a very soothing fiber. So it's very demulcent to the GI tract. So it, it mm-hmm. be, it's got natural prebiotic properties. So you take this food in. Your body's absorbing the minerals and then the fiber that as it goes through is actually soothing the gut. You know, there, there are a few things that, that do that, that kind of, uh, mucilaginous fiber you find in herbs, 
you know, things like uh, even flax meal or slippery elm or um, mm-hmm. these things that, you know, natural medicine likes to use to fortify and, and support digestion. But then you're also getting this antioxidant benefit from the different compounds. And um, so wide range of vitamins and, and amino acids and things in there. So it's really just a powerhouse of nutrition. Sea moss, I mean, again, there is no magic bullet, but I'm glad people are focusing on something with substance because, you know, TikTok, from what I understand, paints with a broad brush and this is good for everything. It's a miracle cure. Right. You know, nothing is as much of a miracle miracle cure as changing your whole life, you know, and, and finding the best things for your body in every way that you can. If that's your journey and CMOS is part of it, I think you're going to be happy. If you're expecting to just keep eating at McDonald's and take that, that one pill of CMOS a day and you're going to see miracles, I don't think it's going to happen, you know, no matter what TikTok says, but that's what this is. And that's why we're the reality checkers. You know, we're saying, look, this is a lifestyle thing. This is a a lifelong journey to pursue good health in that context. Yeah. CMOS is awesome. Right. And what, what was it that, uh, cause I never saw it. I think it was, I think it was you that was telling me about it last time we talked. Uh, What was it that was being, said about uh, Irish sea moss on TikTok that caused all the hubbub? So there was a doctor uh, named Dr. Sebi, and uh, he was uh, from Honduras and not sure about actual medical qualifications or anything. I'm not here to say, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, but he's got quite a large following, and they are all over the Internet making incredible claims about how he could cure disease and all these things. So as part of that, uh, I know that the kind of the Dr. Sebi phenomenon definitely contributed some to the popularity of CMOS. But, you know, it's like anything. I think when these trends, I'll say, you know, bring people in for things, um, I think a lot of times they come for the CMOS, but they stay for the whole picture, you know, and And so it's always, these things to me are just gateways to health food. You know, it's like, we just need to get them in the door, you know, whether it's Shilajit or chlorophyll or CMOS or, or zeolite, whatever, you know, brings people in. um, I think they stay for the real life solutions that, that we try to offer. Sure. And, and I agree. It's an interesting thing because sometimes, especially in a, from a health food store employee point of view. You got somebody coming in for the latest, greatest, hottest thing. You know, chlorophyll was really, really big uh, earlier this year. Um, and uh, everybody wanted to use chlorophyll for very specific reasons. And CMOS has had that thing and and so many others. And none of that's necessarily bad. It's just that oftentimes it's a little bit more um, outlandish, the claims that are being made for the product, especially by people who don't sell the product because they can kind of say whatever they want, not get into trouble with the FDA. People like us have to be a lot more cautious about, uh, you know, really sticking to what we what we can show in the research and so and that sort of thing. So, so Irish sea moss comes in a capsule form. It comes in a powder form. Another superfood. It seems with something that is as dense in iodine as that is, um, there would be you know the potential uh, benefit for thyroid health because the thyroid relies on iodine uh, in a very significant way. Uh, and uh, so I just wanted to kind of 
dive into that one for just a minute. I also, in the in a little bit of time that we have left, I've had a few people recently, in fact, I think it was Saturday, just a couple days before we're recording this, that uh, somebody reached out on our chat on vitalitynutrition.com, and they wanted to ask me uh, if I felt like the Alkalize 55 product that you make, which is a, a capsule, uh, and you can talk about what's in it uh, after I ask this question, yeah was going to be uh, equally effective as the fulvic acid liquid uh, that you that you sell and how someone can tell, you know, what why would they want one versus the other, that type of thing. So can we talk a little bit about the Alkalize 55 and maybe just briefly fulvic acid, even since we did cover that in more detail the last time you were on? Yeah, and I'm happy to, you know, talk about any and all of it. You know, I think, so Alkalize 55 has two ingredient uh, groups or component parts, components, uh, two parts. So it is 50% black earth minerals, which is the Mm -hmm. humic fulvic trace mineral complex from the food movement, you know, and the other half is a triple fermented biodynamically grown food, uh, blend put together by a doctor named Michio Kushi, who's no longer with us, but he was one of the founding fathers of macrobiotics. So, okay. um, and yeah, the Cushy family did so many amazing things for health in this country and basically were the face of the macrobiotic movement for a long time, but they basically showed that you could achieve, um, alkalinity and good health through alkalinity with food, you know, and that was the whole macrobiotic approach, um, did some amazing things and, and still today, you know, people are benefiting from that knowledge, but so, you know, obviously changing your diet, changing your lifestyle. These are the things you should do. But Dr. Cushy, you know, towards the end of his life said, Americans are not changing the way that they eat. In fact, the way they eat since he started may have actually gotten worse, you know, mm. uh, with the access to, to cheap fast food and things like that. So um, he wanted to make something that was as concentrated of all the goodness of a macrobiotic diet that he could so that it could, you know, do the most good in people who are you know, overcoming health challenges, including self-induced dietary health challenges, you know. So in that one capsule, you've got over 70 of the most bioavailable trace minerals and humic acid and fulvic acid, which is what works with them in the black earth. And then the other half is this certified, Demeter certified biodynamically grown food, which is better than organic. It's not certified organic, it's better than organic because organic is great, but it's really just about what you don't do. Biodynamic is about what you do in addition to that, like the growing with the the seasons of the earth and, um, you know, crop rotation and and all these really nuanced things that they do to make it um, biodynamic. So the food blend is amazing. The mineral blend is amazing. When you put those together, you know, one experiment that I've done a number of times and I encourage people to do, take one capsule of the Alkalize 55, and put it in a glass of water, whatever size glass of water you want. And, you know, you come back in like, let's say 30, 40 minutes, it may take less. Some people have told me it takes less. And, you know, it you'll see it dissolving and start to really fill the glass. You know, we think of capsules as small doses of things. You know, it's a mm-hmm. little 500 milligram capsule. How much is that? But when you realize that this is just so much life force and various kinds of plant and um, earth energy concentrated, you know, when you um, 
rehydrate that either in a glass of water or just taking it orally. It really expands and brings such a wide range of nutrition and, um, and alkalinity to the body that it works in a, a really micronutrient dense way to get those effects, you know, way different than you can achieve alkalinity to some extent by just drinking potassium bicarbonate, you know, or sodium bicarbonate, um, any kind of bicarbonate of soda. That's not the kind of alkalinity you want to achieve. We're not talking about neutralizing stomach acid. We're talking about achieving alkalinity in the bloodstream. So it, it's a real balanced kind of um, formula. Yeah, very cool. And so why would someone want to choose that versus just the humic fulvic acid, the black earth minerals in the liquid form? It's a good point. We're a small company. We, we can't do everything. We've really focused on the humic fulvic liquids because of mm -hmm. the absorbability. You know, um, it, it, it seems to be the way people want to experience minerals it, it, by and large is liquid, quickly absorbing on the go, mm -hmm. you know, um, but in our formulations, we try to give people more. I mean, you know, you could get a 250 milligram uh, capsule of Shilajit. That's what, you know, the, um, the standardized extract is. And that's what was in the studies on Shilajit. We're giving you that much of a fulvic acid rich North American mineral source, but also 250 milligrams of these triple fermented foods. So it's kind of like an all in one where we try to give more bang for your buck. You know, uh, some companies mm -hmm. will sell you zeolite in a bottle and then the trace minerals over here and they charge you $90 for the whole thing. We put it together for, for $23.99, you know, and, and give you the most synergistic formula that you can get. And I think that, um, that, that approach has been serving us well, you know, it, it's not about, uh, it's about synergy, you know, and how you can create that in the formulas, but you know, ultimately in the body. Gotcha. All right. Well, we have bumped up against the clock here, so we will uh, have to get this done. It's been a fascinating conversation, obviously much more focused on maca than anything else. If you enjoyed listening to Rob, uh, as I'm sure you did, uh, go out and go check out uh, the episode he did with me on zeolite and fulvic acid and humic acid so you can understand uh, those in more detail. I thought it was a really uh, great episode with a lot of good information. It'll be linked in the show description uh, for you on your podcast app. Um, and uh, otherwise, all I can say is thank you so much for continuing to support Vitality Radio by listening. Rob, thank you for supporting uh, the industry that I love uh, by educating on these things and coming out with products that are legitimately effective products that you've actually done some homework on and, and know, you know why you're offering them. I appreciate that very much. Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate you and love being on the show. And uh, thanks again. I'm sure we'll do it again down the road soon. Sure. And uh, for everyone listening, thank you so much again for listening to me. If you have questions, give us a call, 801-292-6662. Or you can reach out to our chat on uh, vitalitynutrition.com. And, of course, if you'd like to come pay us a visit, if you're local, we'd love to have you in, uh, in the store in Bountiful, Utah as well. Thanks so much for listening to me. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. been listening to the Vitality Radio Podcast. Enjoy your week 
In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you.